Good evening, Chicago. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Linnell Harris, Chicago's very own life coach, right here on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. Inspirational Perspective on your radio is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. So, as I ask you every weekend, every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, are you living the best life possible? And if not, this is the place to be, the place to come, where we have conversation and dialogue about how to live the best life possible. All right, well, I'm excited about tonight's topic. It's part two of the success series. And tonight I want to focus on the psychology of success, but this is all a part of the conversation around success has no color, our thoughts do. Um, so I wanted to uh, kind of do a review of some of what I covered last week and then dive into the psychology of success. And to do that, I want to start with something. I want to start with some stats that I read recently. And um, these stats, and the funny thing is I've read them before. But here's a brief synopsis of what I read. All right. 43% of Americans don't have $10,000 in their savings account. 43%. Over 60% of Americans have nothing saved for retirement, okay? 60%. Now, if you, if you begin to look at the demographics of how generations break down, right? Baby boomers, traditionalists, baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, or millennials. Baby boomers make up a, a large percentage of Americans, okay? And then the next, they're number two, I believe, millennials being number one, all right? 60% don't have anything put away for retirement. And 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 80%. All right, so that's the majority of us. If you don't get paid, if you didn't get paid yesterday, or if you don't get paid next Friday, it's a problem. Now, you might say, well, Linnell, you say you're going to talk about success. Why are you bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because as we begin to talk about the psychology of success, a lot of it has to do with how you think. And even with me saying this, a lot of us don't think about that reality, right? Those are the stats. I mean, that's what's in our face. And so part of the reason why we're not really pushing for something that we can label success is because we're comfortable. As long as everything continues to go the way that it's been going, I can survive. And the one thing that is in direct conflict with your ability to be successful is this idea of surviving, right? Because surviving means that I have to stay in the arena and play the games I know how to play. Like most of us know how to get up and go to work on Monday, right? Regardless of we live in paycheck to paycheck, we know how to do that. And we know how to 
you know, come home and, and go through the routine and take care of the children and do all the things that we have to do. We know how to do those things. We know how to survive. But then when we have a dream about something that would take us to the next level or something that actually would make it where we believe that we're successful, that means that we have to break up the rhythm of the dance we've been doing. And then all of a sudden, what happens is that dream, that ideal of success is under direct attack. And the reason it's under direct attack is because your survival seemingly depends on your ability to stay in rhythm. And now I got to break the rhythm to address this dream or to go after this dream. And that seems risky. And since that seems risky, the battle begins to wage in my mind because now I got to figure out what am I going to do? I got resistance. Am I going to go after this goal with everything that I have and take risk that may actually kind of unsettle my survival or am I just going to play this game of survival? And by the way, the stats, if you play the game of, the, of survival, you just heard the stats. The stats for survival are 43% of Americans don't have 10000 in a savings account. 60% of Americans don't have anything saved for retirement. And 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. That's the survival game. That's the rhythm that many of us don't want to give up. Now, you might say, well, I do want to give it up. So why can't I, Linnell? What makes it so hard for me to give that up? Well, there's a natural resistance. As human beings, we're wired to survive. And this is why the conversation around the psychology of success is so important. What I'm about to share with you tonight, this is why this is so important. Because this is a mind game. It's a mind game. It's the reason why for the first part of this year, I've been talking about inputs, outputs, inputs, outputs. Because if you think you're just going to wake up one day and shift everything, like a lot of us say, Monday it all starts. If you think you're just going to wake up one day and shift everything and become successful, it doesn't work like that. This is a process. I wrote a blog some years ago called The Ten Characteristics of Success. And one of the characteristics was urgent patience. I'm going to go over them, probably not this week, but next week. But I talked about urgent patience. And part of the reason we don't stick with things is because it takes too long. So if I create a plan and I say I want to be a millionaire, I want to create a million-dollar business, and in the first year I only grossed, let's say, $5,000, most of us say, well, I can make more than that over here doing this and that. So, uh. And we, we abandon the plan because we don't have urgent patience. Urgent patience. So I want to get into this idea of the psychology of success. But first, I want to talk about the care real quick. What I talked about last week in terms of the characteristics of success, um, which are action, faith, purpose, persistence, courage and excellence. 
and I, I dove real deep into those. So if you want to if you want to check out that show, it's on the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page. You can go there, like the page, check out the show. It's in the stream uh, from last Saturday. Okay. Now, I have to share this because last week I didn't, and I realized it when I was driving home. And this is around the characteristic of action. And I share Frederick Douglass's quote, but I, I failed to share everything about Frederick Douglass that really drove home the quote. Okay. So Frederick Douglass had a quote. He said, I prayed for 20 years, but received no answer until I prayed with my legs. I prayed for 20 years, but I received no answer until I prayed with my legs. Now, what did he mean by that? What he meant was he was a slave and he was praying for freedom. And for 20 years, he prayed for freedom and nothing happened. It was like God didn't hear him. And then all of a sudden it hit him. Well, maybe I should pray with my legs. And so he ran and prayed. And as he was running, if you read his autobiography, as he was running, he had these encounters, these close encounters. And every time these encounters would happen, Mind you, he's in action now. He's taking a risk. He, he actually had to give up the old rhythm. He left, right? So the old rhythm is gone. Now, the old rhythm had it where he was surviving. He was surviving, right? He had something to do every day. Might not have been pleasurable, but at least he knew he would have food in his mouth, roof over his head, whether it was nice or not. He was a slave. Whether it was nice or not, at the time, he was being borrowed out from his master to work in the shipyard. But he gave up that rhythm, said, I'm going to stop praying. I'm going to pray and run. Prayed and run, ran and then had these encounters, right? One such encounter was when he was on a train trying to get out of Baltimore. He's on a train and the conductor is coming. You know, they got to look at the past, right? And one of the things they used to do with blacks is you have to show your identification, to make sure you want a runaway slave. And so he had the identification of a, a free black man that was an, a naval sailor. And they looked nothing alike. That's when it's time to pray. You're in action, right? You run into, a, into some type of resistance and you're in action. And now it's time like, all right, I'm in action. Now I need my prayer answer. What happens is most of us pray and never get into action. We never take the risk because we want all the answers. We want it to be paved out for us real nice and easy. And that's not the way success works. Right? So he ran into this conductor. The conductor, he praying, right? He passes his identification, his ticket, and he's praying. He's praying. The conductor barely acknowledges the identification, stamps his ticket, moves on. Boom. Right? prayers answered but he's in action another occasion he's sitting by the window now i have no idea why your runaway slave is sitting at the window maybe there's no other seat <laughs> i would have been on the inside aisle he's sitting at the window they pull into a station and he sees someone that knows him and they're standing next to i guess officers or soldiers or whoever right and they just make eye contact with them and then kind of look down and let him go. 
So here's here's my point. Frederick Douglass, this quote, I prayed for 20 years, but received no answer until I pray with my legs. What he's trying to get across here is that sometimes you just got to take action and move. And then when you move, when you run into the obstacles, you got to keep pushing, pray and push, pray and push, but stay in action. I wanted to hit that because last week when I talked about the characteristics of success, I kind of flew past that. And I thought that was extremely, extremely powerful in terms of Frederick Douglass and how he took action. And I wanted to share that. Okay, so let's get into the psychology of success. Now, why aren't most people successful? Before I do that, I got Michael on the line. Michael, you want to make a comment about success. How are you, brother? What's your comment? Hey, how you doing? I'm well. I want to respond to two things that you said. First, I want to respond to what you said regarding Frederick Douglass praying for 20 years and never getting an answer until he started running. I think that what that proves is that prayer is worthless. It was worthless then. It's worthless now. No, 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 it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, let's not say that. Let's not well, say I'm, I, no, no, no. I'm speaking from my perspective. I'm okay. I'm speaking I, from your perspective. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 I know black people have been praying for 500 years and we still catching hell. So evidently, ain't nobody answering the phone. So this is what I want to make sure what I'm getting across doesn't get conscrewed. Okay. I'm not saying prayer isn't powerful. I'm saying that you got to pray and act. And it even says that in the scripture. So that's what I'm saying. You talking about King, talking about King James? Man, I'm talking about all the scriptures. You keep, I'm not getting into that. So what, what is it that you want to... Oh, okay, you, you, you can talk about the Quran. You can talk about Hinduism. Like all of them say the same thing in terms of even the King James Version. Action and prayer go together. Yeah, well, see, you correctly titled it when you said version because that's what it is. Yeah, it's a version. Uh, the other thing is you said... Uh, you were talking about success. Mm-hmm. And when I hear people talking about success, what they're primarily talking about 99% of the time is how big is your bank account. They're not talking about whether you're a decent human being. You could be a slimy beast, but mm-hmm. if you've got a big bank account, you're successful. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about that. Did you hear last week's show where I uh, really talked about what I believe is the definition of success and wealth? Okay, I understand that, but I'm talking about what most people. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Mean when you're they right. talk about success, you're right. You're right. Most people, I think. Well, even if you look up the definition in the dictionary, it says something about prosperity, right, and wealth. And so last week, when I was covering what I believe success is, I talked about wealth on a holistic level, right? Wealth in body and health, right? Wealth in mind, wealth in your relationships, mm-hmm. yeah. and by the way, wealth in your pocket. But it's a balanced thing. Life is a balance. And that's the challenge of life is how balanced can I be? And so when I'm balanced across those spectrums, right, when my health is intact, you know, if I'm blessed with good health and I'm also taking care of my body, right, because that's the responsibility that I have. When I'm taking care of my relationships, number one, being with my spouse, right, that is harmonious. When I'm taking care of of my responsibility or purpose in life, my work, right? I'm connected to that. I'm connected to my purpose. And the work that I'm taking on is aligned with my purpose. 
Like I would agree with I would agree with all of that. Okay. I, I simply wanted to point out what the overwhelming majority of people yeah. mean when they say success. They're not talking about a decent human being, a good heart, someone that would help. They're not talking about. They're talking about how much money you got, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. And that's where most of us are mentally, and that's why we're not successful. successful. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, man. That's a great comment. Thanks, Mike. Thank, thank you for that. All right, man. Michael, thank you. That might be a reason. That's a great segue into why people, most people aren't successful. Because we don't even really understand what success is. In my book, Slay Your Goals, I start, second chapter, clearly define what success is for you. But then I talk about this concept about success. And how success really is that holistic living that I talked about. By the way, you can still download the book for free at slayyourgoals.com. Grab it. It's a great resource. Okay, so here's the, the, one of the main reasons I believe most people aren't successful. One of the reasons most people aren't successful is because what happens is we set our eye on something, okay? I want to achieve X. We set our eye on this thing. And then most of us make a move for it. Some kind of move, right? We might go to the, to the bookstore and buy books. Say, I'm about to, I'm getting ready, right? We may begin to tell other people about it and create some intentional accountability. We also might even write it down and say, this is my goal, all right? I'm about to do X. And we're excited. We're pumped up. And then all of a sudden, there's some resistance. All of a sudden, the plan that I had on paper doesn't necessarily work out the way I thought it would. William Mitchell on Facebook Live said distractions. Yeah, you get distracted. And and then because it didn't go as easily as we thought, right? The road didn't just open up. You know, Monday when you said you were going to start, you know, the time still was time. <laughs> you know, you still were tired when you woke up. You know, that energy you had, like you now you're like, okay, I said I was going to work out. And, and you got to push. And we don't expect the resistance. That is why most of us aren't successful. We don't set goals with the expectation of resistance. And because we don't do that, when it shows up, it takes us out. It's almost like getting in a ring saying, as a boxer, and saying, I'm about to knock this man out, and then getting upset when you get punched. That's the game. That's the game. If you want to be in the ring of life and actually push and create something, create a legacy, create your own personal success, you have to realize that you are in the ring. And in the ring, you're going to punch and you're going to be punched. And so what happens is we want to be successful. We get in the ring of life to be successful. We start punching. And then when we get punched back, we're like, oh, wait, oh, I, didn't, I didn't expect that. I didn't want that. This must not be for me. And we back off. Last week I said many of us will set, will set thousands of goals in our lifetime and not accomplish them. And it's not because we're not getting in the ring. We get in the ring, we even throw some punches. But as soon as that first punch comes and it, it hurts, we get out. Woo, that, that must not... Well, I, I thought it would be, you know, I thought I was supposed to start a restaurant. 
But uh, people weren't walking in like I thought they would. So we closed it down. Right? I mean, that's, you think about this. If food is serving and cooking is part of your purpose, you enjoy that. That's your passion. Why would you, man, I would be out there with a sign. Like it's tax season. You see that those guys out there with those signs doing all this <laughs> with the with the things going back and forth. That would be me. And then when they walk in, I had to take my suit off and go serve them. Like because this is what I'm, I'm all in. But what happens is we don't go all in and say, man, I am going to be successful no matter what. And the people I talked about last week, when you think about them. That's the type of mentality they have in terms of what it is that they wanted to do. Muhammad Ali, that was his mentality. That man got in the ring and took punch after punch after punch and would not fall. He was that stubborn, that bit on being successful. I was listening to an interview from George Foreman, and he was talking about that fight. And he said after he hit him a few times, he realized that he wasn't just fighting Ali, he was fighting the spirit, too. He's like, if I don't crush the spirit of this man, he's going to win. Because he realized, like, he's not wincing at my punches. He was like, this man is moving. Like, how is he still pushing his spirit? He's connected to his spirit, his essence, pushing him. That's a whole nother conversation. By the way, when people hire me as a life coach, by the second month, one of the things we talk about is their spiritual substance and their essence. Because the fight I'm talking about, when you're getting in the ring, you kind of got to know your essence. You kind of got to know what to pull from, like Muhammad Ali, to make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked down by those punches. But that's one of the reasons we aren't successful. Now, what's the other reason we aren't successful? Well, let's talk about the DNA of the mind. What is the DNA of the mind? The DNA of the mind are your thoughts. Your thoughts. So let's take it back to the ring analogy. You're in the ring, and you have this goal. So you step into the ring of that goal, right? And you're, you're ready to throw the punches. You're throwing punches. Then you get hit. You get hit, and the next thing that happens is there's a thought, right? So let me put this in in terms that we can understand. Let's say your, work, your goal is to work out four times a week. And, you know, you start off Monday. It's good. Then you take a, a break on Wednesday. Then Wednesday, it's good. And then you wake up Thursday to work out, and your body is sore. I mean, you're hurting. You're hurting. You're like, man, okay, I don't know about this. Right? Consider that's the punch. You get punched back. Now, the battle is happening in your mind now. So if you're not providing yourself inputs, right, around working out, do you think you're going to get up? And if your self-talk is saying, well, it really don't matter, you know, maybe maybe you should just take off today. Those are the thoughts, right? The DNA of the mind are your thoughts. Maybe you should just take off today. You know, if you don't have the inputs that will push you past that, right, because you've been listening to health podcasts, you've been listening to fitness podcasts, you've been watching fitness videos on YouTube, you know, all the inputs are there, right? You have a morning playlist that basically or morning routine that basically says, hey, this is the thing you have to do. You got to go work out. Right. Inputs. If you don't have that, if the structures around what it is that you want to be successful with aren't put in place to the point where now they're showing up in your thoughts, 
Then when you get hit, instead of thinking, I can win, I can keep going, you think, ooh, that hurt, I might lose. And that's when we step out the ring. Our thoughts. So if we're talking about the psychology of the mind, then what generates our thoughts? I just told you, our inputs. Oh, you're like, okay, here you go. Here you go, Linnell. You're all the way right back around. You told us this is a success series, and now we're right back on inputs. Hey, look, inputs are key. So what do I mean by inputs? If you're a new listener, you might be like, what does he mean by inputs? The inputs are the things that you consume, right? What you watch, what you listen to, what you eat. If you got a health and fitness goal, and here it comes Thursday, and the night before you ate a burger, and now you feel heavy, burger and beer, you feel heavy, your stomach hurts, that input could make it where you can't make it to the gym. The input, right? So, man, the battle that we are fighting in terms of being successful is not just about setting solid goals. It's about supporting those goals mentally with everything that you do. My input diet is all about, this is why inspiration, motivation, that's, dude, that's, I cannot get on the radio and this stuff come out of me without a script if I haven't had it put in me. So for years, books, podcasts, YouTube videos, those are my inputs. Man, my friends and I, this is the stuff we talk about. Inputs. So when I'm tired, my thoughts, quotes come to my mind. Don't quit. When I don't want to push, that's what's going on for me. The inputs, my thoughts say stay in the ring. Man, that was a hard punch. That hurt. Stay in the ring. You can do this. Like last week, I told you all that when things are quiet and nothing's happening, I start talking to myself and I say things like, you are powerful. You can do anything you put your mind to. Right. Those are inputs. That's why, because I know at some point while I'm in the ring of success, that I'm going to take a punch. And when I take that punch, I want my thought to be, you can do it. You're powerful. And so that's why I'm playing to those inputs. This is the psychology of success. The psychology of success. So now you might say, well, I'm still not that convinced. Well, man, there are authors and people throughout history who have been saying the same thing, okay? And I'll tell you, I didn't make this stuff up. I've learned this over a period of time, and I've actually seen it play out in my life. But you got James Allen, who wrote the book, As a Man Thinketh. As a Man Thinketh, right? Whatever I'm thinking is what's happening for me. You got Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. What he's saying is, look, If you can conquer your mind, if you can conquer your inputs and your inputs are about your wealth, your money, you're thinking about your money. It's probably a a good chance that if your money is on your mind and your mind's on your money, you're going to have some. I gave you the stats at the top of the show. Okay, 43 percent of Americans don't have ten thousand dollars in a savings account. 
Over 60% of Americans have nothing saved for retirement. 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And so you might say, well, Anil, only thing on my mind is money because I don't have none. I'm like, right. You're thinking about what you don't have versus thinking about having it. There's a difference. There's a difference. If my constant conversation is I don't have enough, then guess what you guess what the problem's going to be? I'm thinking all the time, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money. Man, you man, you make a little small investment, and you get in a ring of success with that investment and you get hit, guess what's going to come up? Oh, I just lost that money. I don't have enough money and you're going to get out. <laughs> this is how it works. So if your mind is on your money, then you're saying you're changing the conversation. You're saying, man, I'm blessed with this and I'm going to get that. I'm blessed with this and I'm going to get that. You get into the ring of success and then something with money comes up. And because the input is I'm blessed with this and I'm going to get that. You get hit hard. You go, "Ooh, that hurt. But I'm blessed with this and I still got it. And I'm going to get that inputs. I don't know how more how more simple to make this. And for those of you who get it, you might be like, man, dude, we get it. Can we get off of it? Man, I why get off of it? I'm going to tell you something. Why would I get I'm still I'm still crystallizing the lesson for myself. I'm still looking for ways to further deepen this lesson in my everyday activity in life. Earl Nightingale. He calls it the strangest secret, the strangest secret that what a man thinks about, that's what he becomes. If you think about your lack, then basically you have lack. You'll create lack. If you think about abundance, then you'll have abundance. And here's the thing, right? At the top of the show, I said one of the characteristics of success we're going to talk about later is urgent patience. And so if I'm thinking this way, I also got to have urgent patience. It's not just going to show up tomorrow. I got to put a plan in place. I got to work the plan. I got to stay consistent. I got to have excellence, all the other characteristics. And this is why so few of us are truly successful. Because we're focused everywhere else. And let me be clear. The way our society is set up in the 21st century, it makes it diff man. It makes it hard. There is a war for your mind. And here's the thing. Somebody on Periscope said it's called self-prophecy. I like that. Self-prophecy. I will. I am. Right? That's what it is. And here's the thing. We're all creators. I've talked about this. We're all creators. Look around you. How do you think you have this studio I'm in? I mean, I can remember when I first got on, on the radio, there was no thing like Facebook Live or Periscope. I mean, people actually watching me in the studio right now. Somebody created that. Somebody said, let there be. Seriously. We're, all, we're made in the image of God. He's a creator. We're creators. And so that self-talk you got, that self-talk, you're creating. That's why your inputs are so important. Because if you're inputting abundance, then you start creating, you think in abundant thoughts, and then you start telling yourself abundant things. You start believing that you can have abundance, and then the next thing you know, you create abundance. <laughs> That's it. So, 
Let's talk about the power of goal setting. I think you guys got inputs. And I'm sure we're going to put that segment right there on something and provide it to you guys later. So let's talk about the power of goal setting. Here is why having a goal is so important. Because goals provide the mind a destination on which to focus. When you have goals, it gives your your mind a place to settle. You know, think of your goals as a home for your mind. And you might say, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, why, why, why do I have a home? Why, why, why do I need to have a home for my mind? Well, I just started talking about the 21st century and the war for our mind. So most of you have a smartphone. And the way that smartphone is set up is that when someone reaches out to you or someone does something on social media, it sends you an alert. Ba-doop. Right? And then it takes away your attention. It distracts you from whatever it is that you were doing. And you take a look. Okay? That's a war on your mind. It is. Hey, I got to acknowledge it for myself. It's one of the wars that I think we all fight every day because the smartphone is something we need, but at the same time, it could be our biggest distraction. So when I say goals provide the mind a destination on which to focus, here's what I mean. When I have goals, let me take a day. When I have goals for my day, right, I'm like, all right, I start my day with my morning routine, you know, take care of myself physically, drink my water, do my stretches, meditate, pray, all those things, right? So I have my routine. Then I sit down. The next thing, I I read my goals, by the way. That's in the routine. Then the next thing I do is I sit down and say, okay, what do I need to accomplish today? Now, most of the time, I have a note to myself from the night before, okay, about what I need to accomplish. I'm going somewhere with this. Stick with me, okay? And I see the things I need to accomplish. Now, typically, I don't go over six things. I have my top six, all right? So I got these top six things I want to do for the day. Those top six things you can consider micro goals that are attached to large goals I have in my life. And now that I have these top six things, they become a destination on which I focus. I need to get this done today. So now my mind has a home, right? These goals have become a home. And throughout the day, as I'm distracted, I know to bring my mind back home because I, I get distracted, too. I get phone calls from people I haven't heard from. Oh, what's going on, bro? But I got my list in front of me and I'm looking at the clock and I say, man, I love it that you called me, but I got to hit you later because I have a goal. I, I, have, I have somewhere I'm supposed to go today. Right. My mind has a home. Right. Hey, when I have when Facebook is up and it's doing the boop, right, I might look. I'm like, oh, that's cool, but I can't watch your video right now because I got to go. My mind has a home. My mind has a destination on which to focus. And because most of us don't have a destination on which to focus, when these things happen, we're pulled all over the place. I'm over here. I'm over here. I'm over there. And then I say at the end of the day, what happened? Man, I was supposed to get this stuff done. What happened? But it's because I didn't have a destination. I didn't have a a place to focus. My mind doesn't have a home. And that's the power of a goal. A goal actually provides the mind a destination on which to focus. So I'm going to leave that there. 
And if you want to learn more about goal setting, go download my book, okay? Slayyourgoals.com. It's a free download. Hey, free. I can't give you any more. The rest you got to do for yourself. You actually got to go to the website, okay? But download it. And that puts you on my mailing list and we can stay in relationship about things like this, okay? But I want to spend the last part of the show attacking something that I think is extremely important. And that is the context of color. The context of color, okay? And how color plays into this mental game of success. Now, I'm going to start by saying this up front. There is no question that when it comes to goal setting or going after what it is that you want, if you are a person of color, especially African-American, you are going to encounter more resistance than your Caucasian counterparts. I'm going to say it. It's true. All right. As a professional in corporate America, I had the role of chief diversity officer. I got the data. I don't have time to go through the data. All right. But for a black man or woman to accomplish what a white man can do in corporate America, they have to do about double the work. It's actually proven. Okay. You got to do about double the work. So I want to start there. I'm acknowledging that there's a lot more resistance for people of color. All right. But in the context of color, and let me say this. That's one of the reasons why we're not where they are. Okay. It's not that they're more exceptional than you as a brown person. It's not that they're smarter. They just encounter less resistance. And if this game is about our ability to conquer resistance, if it's a mind game, right? If it's a war on the mind, then that means I'm fighting probably far more than my white counterpart. And because of that, you got to have your mind right. If you want to be successful and you're a person of color, you got to get your mind right. You got to. Matter of fact, I was listening to a podcast where a gentleman was saying, I don't believe in self-doubt. He said, I believe that there's other doubt. And I call it other doubt is because it's doubts that other people placed on us. They're externally placed and we accepted them. And we accepted that. Well, because I'm, you know, well, you know, man, you know how I go for a brother. You know, you know, we, we say things like that. We accept it that. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't do that because of my color. We accept these things and they turn into self-doubt. But somebody put that on you. At the end of the day, you are not your skin. And this is the fundamental thing I want you all to take away from this. You do not want to drop right now. You do not want to turn off your radio. I promise you this will change your life. In the context of color, I believe one of the major reasons that people never gain true power in their life is because they see themselves as a body, physical body with a soul and not a soul with a body. Now, let me break this down. Let me break this down. When you begin to think of yourself, right? We're on a spiritual journey. What powers my body, what has me alive right now is my spirit. 
If my spirit leaves, the show is over. Done. Okay? That's where my energy, that's where my power, all of it comes from. Okay? Now, my spirit is like the driver of this car. And my car happens to be brown. Okay? Now, the problem is, a lot of us feel like because my car is brown, I can't do what somebody in a white car can do. It ain't no difference. It's all about the driver. It's all about the spirit. That's where the power comes from. So when you begin to associate yourself with your spirit, get connected with your spirit, when you encounter this resistance out here, then you can push through because you know it's not about your skin. You know it's not about your color. You know that it's about something much larger than that and that your purpose is spirit-based, is soul-based, and when you encounter that resistance, that pushback, you're actually pulling from your spirit to keep going. That is the secret. This context of color that has us thinking that because I'm brown, because I'm black, because I'm Indian, because I'm Hispanic, because I'm something else other than white in a white supremacist system structure, I can't be successful. It's a huge misunderstanding. Yes, there's resistance. Yes, you're going to encounter barriers and obstacles. Man, I can tell you my story. I had it. But when you focus in on your true innate power and you come from there, it shifts the game. And so many of us see ourselves as a body with the soul and not a soul with a body. And tonight, I want to shift that. You are a soul with a body. And there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing that needs to be fixed. And all that needs to happen is for you to get firmly placed in your power and begin to move forward in your goals and your aspirations and dreams from that place. And then start to address the psychology of success in your mind. Change your inputs. Change what it is you're watching. Change what it is that you're listening to. So that way your, your soul and your mind can be on one accord and you can push past any of the barriers and obstacles that come up. You can break through the walls and you can take the punches. Because I'm, hey, the punches are going to come. The walls are going to be there. The barriers will be along the road. And that's why you have to equip yourself. So you're a creator. You are a creator. And when you begin thinking of yourself as a spirit with the body or soul with the body that is from the maker, right? And he's a macro creator. That makes me a micro creator. And so that means that if he spoke and that you got to believe this, right? You got to you got to believe this. If you're agnostic or you're atheist, I'm sorry. I don't know how to how to help you. I think input still work, though. <laughs> but when you when you see this and you begin to get to this point, now you begin to see why the dialogue that you have with yourself is so important, because you're actually creating something. Everything that you say, everything that you think is creating something because you're a creator. So now if you see yourself as a creator, you're going to be more responsible with your words. You can't just call your child stupid. 
I was at a workshop this morning. My mom actually was facilitating the workshop. And she was saying, parents, it's so important for you to speak life into your child. And you can't go talking about your child or calling your child stupid. And the reason for that is because you're a creator and you actually create a stupid child. You got that much power. But guess what else you can do? You can say, son, you're great. I'm already telling my child, you know, my wife is pregnant. I speak to her stomach. She's like, stop, baby. It tickles, you know, because I, I have my mouth on her stomach. And I say, you're great. You're wonderful. <laughs> I'm speaking. I'm creating. That baby is being formed in the womb. And the same way the creator put that beautiful miracle together, I'm a creator, too, and I can speak. I can speak to that child. I can speak life and greatness and, and all types of wonders. Man, I already have spoken global work on my child. I've already spoken it. And because I'm a creator, I get that. So if I'm a creator and I can do that, I can also take my child down with my words. I can do the same thing with myself and how I talk to myself. Oh, that was stupid. Oh, I'm an idiot. Well, I'm a creator. So if I'm saying that, that I'm actually putting something in. And so it's important that I don't say those things. You got to back it up with I'm intelligent. I'm brilliant. I had to say that to nullify the other stuff I just said. (laughs) That's how much I believe this. I'm like, I just said that on the radio. I said that, but I said, I got to nullify that with I'm brilliant. I'm intelligent. (laughs) Hey, that's that's the game we're playing here. And you might say, well, man, you biting off a whole lot, a lot tonight, Linnell. Okay, look around you. Look out your window. You see cars. Somebody created that. You see you see skyscrapers. Somebody spoke that into existence. You see airplanes flying over overhead. Somebody spoke that into existence. They believed they could and they did. They knew that they had the power to create. How about that? Do you believe that you create your reality? You know, I I, uh, I had a blog that called your environment, your success. And what I talked about in the blog, I had a lot of callers. I remember I did it at the show, too. I talked about it on the show and people were like, no, no, your environment, you know, doesn't have anything to do with your success. Yes, it does. It does. Because your environment is what you created. And so what is your environment saying to you? Is it saying I got everything in control? I know where everything is. I'm organized because that that brings with it a certain feeling of power. Right. Or is it saying I don't know where anything is. I don't have anything organized. I'm struggling. I'm actually inefficient and ineffective. What is your environment saying to you? And so when we create that environment, we create everything around us. And guess what? Other people create, too. So you can't let people speak on you. You can't let them speak into your life. We got to start taking these words more seriously. Let me give you another example. So I talked about Maya Angelou last week. And Maya Angelou, you know, she shared in the master class with Oprah how her grandmother spoke over her life, would braid her hair and say, daughter, you're great. You're going to do wonderful and powerful things. 
You're going to talk to the dignitaries of the world. You're going to you're going to work with presidents. She said that to her. She spoke over her life. And if you're in a situation where people aren't speaking well to you, then you got to do it for yourself. You got to take, you know, if you're, if you're a child and you're listening to me and you say, well, my mama just called me stupid. I can't stop that. Then you got to turn around and say, well, I'm brilliant. I'm intelligent. I heard Linnell tonight on the show. I believe that. And you got to start giving yourself inputs, inputs that back this up. But tonight I'm going to end with this. You're a creator. You are a creator. So the question I'll leave you with tonight is what are you going to create? Are you going to allow life and the rhythm of life and the way it's been going to get in the way? Or are you going to step up to the plate and create something different? Change the rhythm by changing your inputs and create something that will change life, not just for you, but for all of us. Because we're all connected. And that is why I do what I do. Have a wonderful night. This is Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Linnell Harris. Thank you guys so much. It's a pleasure. And uh, I really do appreciate the support. I appreciate the likes, the hearts, the continued support. And uh, by all means, keep listening. More to come. Have a wonderful evening, Chicago. And uh, God bless.